You're listening to the weekly Parsha podcast with Ari Goldwag, recorded with Hashem's never-ending assistance in Ramah Bishma, Shizra 5781, 2020. This week's Parsha is Parsha's Chaye Sara. This week's Parsha podcast is dedicated by the Sykes family, Le'ili Nishmas Mazel Tova, Bas Reb Meir Dun, on her yard site. In our Parsha, we have the death of Sara. We have the marriage of Yitzchak Avinu to Rivka, discovery of Rivka by Eliezer and subsequent marriage. And then the Torah tells us in Perak Chafhei Pasuk Aleph Vayosev Avram Vayikach Isha Ushmo Ketura that after Avram Avinu saw Yitzchak was safely married so to speak so he also remarried to a woman named Ketura Chazal say was Hagar he, she remar- he remarried um, Hagar but the Medrash says, and I think this is the idea that I'd like to talk about, that The Medrash brings a Pesach in Kahelis Perak Yud which says, In the morning, plant your, plant your seeds, and in the evening, don't stop planting. So we have two different Tanaim who speak about this Pesach, this verse. Reliezer says that if you plant it earlier in the year, make sure you also plant at a later time of the year. You don't know which of the two times of planting is going to be more successful. So you want to make sure that you don't have all your eggs in one basket. If this one succeeds, great. If the other one succeeds, great. And if they both succeed, even better. Okay, so he takes the Pasuk to mean the Pasuk Pshat, that's to do with literal planting, but it's not a stira, it's not a contradiction to that which Rabbi Yeshua says. He says something interesting, he says, if a poor person comes to you in the morning and asks for tzedakah, asks for charity, you should give him. If another poor person comes in the evening, give to him as well. You don't know who really needs the money. Meaning, the obligation of charity is not just to give to whoever we give to, but it's to make sure to give to somebody who's suitable, to give to the right charity, to give to Torah institutions, to give to people who are poor and they need the money. But if someone is rich and he dresses up and comes to your door and you don't check him out, and you give him money even though he doesn't need it, so the Medjish seems to be saying that one has not fulfilled his obligation of charity, and therefore, when he comes up to Shemayim, it's not going to be such great credit for him. So make sure to give, says Rabbi Yoshua, make sure to give to the poor person in the morning and the poor person in the evening, because this way you'll make sure that you have at least gotten somebody who really needs the money, and if they both really need it, how wonderful. Rabbi Shemal Rabbi Akiva, we also have Explanations from Rabbi Yishmael and Rabbi Akiva. Rabbi Yishmael, If you study the Torah in your youth, continue to study the Torah in your old age. A person studies in a different way when he's young. You might find a new path, a new method, or a new limud, a new... A uh, type of learning which he'd like to study in his older age. So make sure you do both, says Rabbi Yishmael, because this way you'll make sure 
either this one will work out or this one will work out. You never know. Rabbi Kiva, I mean, Rabbi Kiva says, similar idea, different context. If you had students when you were young, if you taught Torah while you were young, also make sure to make students for yourself when you're old. You never know what's going to succeed for you, what's going to last. They might both be good. They might both work out. And the Medjish brings us an example of this. Rabbi Akiva had 12,000 students from Akko all the way to Antipris, some kind of location. And they all died in one period of time. They all died between Pesach and Shua. Salama, why was this? They didn't have the proper respect for each other. They had an oppressive eye for each other. But Saif Hamid Shiva says the Magish in the end, he had seven students, seven main students that indeed later in his life remained. Rabbi Meir, Rabbi Huda, Rabbi Yasi, Rabbi Shimon, Rabbi Lazar, Ben Shamu, Rabbi Yechanan, Asan, Rabbi Eliezer, Ben Yaakov. Different explanations who they are. One opinion is these particular seven rabbis that we, we mentioned. Amr Lehem, Sir Bikifa said to his later students, Bonai, Arishem, Lameis, Velashai, Sainem, Tsaro, Elulu, Elu. My students in, pre- in the previous group of students, the 12,000 students, they died because they didn't have the proper respect for each other. They didn't have the, the generosity of spirit with each other. Make sure that you don't do the same. These seven of his students got up and they filled the entire land of Israel with Torah. So it's an amazing thing. So you would think 12,000 students, massive amount of students, that's going to have a much greater impact on Klai on the Jewish people. But no. You see that those 12,000 students died because HaKadosh Baruch who judged them that indeed they didn't have the proper attitude, their character traits were improper. Jewish leaders can't have negative character traits, they'll imbibe into the Jewish people those very character traits. Because the took them away. Instead, afterwards, Rikiva had seven new students who gave them the proper perspective when it came to be an Adam Lachaveri between man and his fellow. And what was the result? These seven students filled the entire Eretz Israel. They obviously created more students of their own and their Torah. These names are famous names in the in the Mishnah. These were the seven of the great scholars of the Tanaitic period. So we see that Rabbi Akiva is a prime example of this concept, that sometimes a person can have students when he's young, sometimes a person can have students when he's old, and who knows? Who knows who's going to succeed? Rabbi Zustabi B'Shem Rabbi Shmuel Bar Nachman Another example of this concept, which is that when a person is young, you may have a wife and have, have children, and he should, in his older age, also take another wife and have more children. Because you don't know. You don't know which children, it doesn't say this here, but in a similar vein, you don't know who's going to succeed. And maybe when you're younger, you have the proper outlook, you have the proper uh, approach to raising children. Maybe then when a person is older, has more experience. Could be that you could become permissive in his old age. So therefore, he says, have kids, have two sets of kids. 
Who do we see this from? From Abraham. He had children in his youth, when he was younger, and he had another wife when he got older. And this is the idea of the Pesach. This is what it's coming to teach us. That Avram Avinu, the Medrash finally brings it back to the point, which is that Avram Avinu, when he was younger, he had Yishmael, he had Yitzchak. But then later on, according to Pashup Shat, the Keturah was not Hagar. Pashup Shat, she was an, another woman. And he had more kids from her, from this other woman. You never know who's going to succeed. And therefore, spread it out. Spread it out. Very interesting and beautiful Medrash. There's another Medrash here, which brings down... I'd like to actually read this one inside as well. It's just very beautiful and very powerful. And soon I'm going to give you some thoughts how it could apply to us. It brings down, it brings down, Barakaparaim Omar. This is in uh, section 61 of the Medrash, number 4. Barakapara says, Taisatash al-Kodesh Baruch Meruba al-Haikar. We find, if you look at the Pasuk in this verse that talks about the fact Avram Avinu married Keturah. The Pesach says, as we said, Vayosef Avram Vayikach Isha Ushmo Keturah. Avram went again. Vayosef means to add on. He added on. And he went and he married another wife whose name was Keturah. So we saw that, we saw the first idea, the first foundational concept is that a person should make efforts when he's young, make efforts when he's older. Don't give up. Give tzedakah to different people, plant in different times. Now, what's interesting is that the language is by Yosef Avram. He added on, and the message tells us, "Whenever we have a Tosefus, an adding on, so in a certain sense, the first thing, as we've discussed previously, the first thing, the first concept, the first time we see a concept in the Torah, the bechor, the firstborn." is the one who is the most chashiv, is the most important, so to speak. The, those who come later don't have that same spiritual energy. They don't have that same excitement, generally speaking. So, but with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, there's an advantage of not being the first one. There's an advantage to being a Taisefes, to being something that comes later. Indeed, there's an aspect of ribuy. there's an aspect of multiplication, in those that come later, in the Tosefis, the adding on. Interesting. Cain was the firstborn. Cain, his brother Hevel, he was the secondborn. He was not the main, the main one, so to speak. Nevertheless, there was a Tosefis that he was born with two twins. Hevel had two twins born with him. Two twin girls were born with him. Yosef was the, the first child. He was the Bechor of Rachel Imenu. Nevertheless, what do we find by Binyamin, who's second? The Pasuk refers to him as Yosef li ben Acher. Right? Rachel Imenu said, Please add on a Hashem. Please God. She prayed she should have another child. Add on another child. We see that he had ten tribes. Ten tribes. Ten sons came from Binyamin so to speak, ten tribes. Yosef Atzalik, only two sons. So you see that the addition, there's a Hisafa within the addition. There's something more, even though it doesn't seem to be the main thing. Er Ikar, 
we see that air was the main one. That Yehuda's sons, so who was the firstborn? It was air. We see that Shela was the third son. He was the one who threw him, his children, his grandchildren, I believe. Yeah. From Divrei Hayam, we see in the verses in Divrei Hayam that he was the one, his grandchildren were the one, great-great-grandchildren were the ones who established, but they didn't establish courts. So they had a great power. Interestingly, it brings that the, that Eov, Job, of the book of Eov, so he lived 210 years. The first 70 years of his life were the years when everything was smooth, everything was good. After all of the difficulties and the travails that he went through, he lived another 140 years. So there was a Tisephes in, in that which happened afterwards. That which was added on because of the challenges that he went through. Very interesting. Brings another example of this. And brings Yishmael and Bnei Keturah. Here we have that Yishmael was the firstborn of Avram Avinu. And the Bnei Keturah were born later in his life. However, there's an aspect of Vayosef. That there was an adding on. There was many, many children from the Bnei Keturah, from the sons of Keturah. So it's very interesting. What is the concept here? What is the idea of the Tosefis? And I want to say that this is something that I've experienced myself. Often, often you see that uh, the second thing, not the first initial thought, that's not what we thought. The thing that we thought was going to be the successful thing, that's not what turns out to be the successful thing. For example, Yesh Tikva, which I composed for Benny Friedman, it was almost an afterthought. The song came at the end of their production of that album. Uh, Ivriyanochi was a similar thing. And on my own album, Amechad, Amechad was the last song that that uh, came into the album. Raku also came in af- after that. But there's an idea that the Tisephus, it's very interesting, the Tisephus, the last, the last possible thing that you would think would be the success is where the success specifically happens. Recently, another example for me, Actually, I called the album that I just released. There are 15 songs in the album, and there are a number of tracks which I did with other people. And interestingly, many of those tracks are doing just as well, if not better, than some of the tracks which are the tracks that I did, songs that were composed by others. It's very interesting. It's very beautiful. It's very beautiful when there's a, you know, a person puts their main focus into something, puts their main heart into something, because they're made their soul into something, and they think that that's where the success is going to come. And the Medrash tells us that's not the case. That's not the case. HaKadosh Baruch Hu gives a special blessing, in a certain sense, to the underdog. The second thing, to the thing that was done almost as an afterthought, not necessarily the main thing. You look throughout Tanakh, you look throughout the, the stories of the Torah, <coughs> of his firstborn, Yaakov is second. Throughout, throughout the entire the entire Torah, the stories are Moshe Rabbeinu was not the firstborn, Moshe is the third, etc. But you see, there's a special blessing that Hashem gives to that which was added on. It's very interesting. So, so this second part of the Medrash could be an explanation. We could say of the first part of the Medrash. The first part of the Medrash speaks about the fact that the the in this in a similar way, Rabbi Akiva. His original set of students, 12,000 students, unbelievable spiritual power. 
They didn't quite make it. The seven, the seven students that he had later, only seven students, those were the ones through whom the Torah came. Those were the ones. The person never knows which is going to be the success. If he plants earlier, he plants later, he doesn't know. You don't know which tzedakah that you give is going to be successful. It's a very powerful idea. And I think it has very much to do with what we've spoken about in the past few weeks, which has to do with a certain level of humility, a certain level of recognition that it's not me. That it's not me. There's a hesachadas we spoke about last week. There's a distraction, a moment of distraction. <coughs> what happens in that moment of distraction? We can't depend on ourselves, on our own uh, on our own machinations. We can't depend on the Trumps and the Netanyahu's and the governments. They're going to save us. All of these things I've spoken about a lot over the last Kufa. But I think it's so important and it's very powerful. HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants us to see. He wants us to see a thread. Hashem likes to remain unseen. He likes to remain unseen and He wants us to figure out on our own that He's there and that He's guiding things. We never know where the success is going to come, come from. We might think. We might have a hergish. We might have a feeling. We might, we might have an intuition and our intuition may even be right. But the message is telling us that you never know where to put your focus and your efforts. You never know where. And you should know that the thing that seems to be the strongest, the thing that seems to be the most powerful, the first song on my album, Yeshli Akol, that song I thought was going to be the hit of the album. And it is a hit. Baruch Hashem, people like the song. But it's not the most powerful one. In the meantime, Zekeli, second song on the album, Ashir Hashem, the duet with David Perlman. Ahalala, which I'm now doing a video with. The songs that you don't expect to be the hit, those turn out to be the hit. And in our lives, it's true, not just with songs, of course. It can be true in the business world. A person has an idea, a few different ideas. My father has a store, Kosher Socks in South Fallsburg. And they've taken a few different items for the summer, new items. And you never know which one is going to be the hit of the summer. And that's the idea, and that's the powerful foundation and Stavka this way, Hashem wants it to be that He wants us to know that He's the one doing things. He's behind everything. We think we know who's the winner. We think we know who's going to win. We think we know who is going to be the one who's going to get us to where we want to get to, who's going to save us, who's going to help us, who's going to bring us success. But teaches us the Medrash that you never know where to plant. You never know who's the one who's going to help you. You never know who's the one who's going to succeed. And it's Tafka the underdog, it's Tafka the second one, it's Tafka the Binyamins, and those who are number two. Yosef is the youngest of the brothers, and yet he becomes the leader of the brothers. Binyamin is the youngest of the brothers, and yet who comes from Mordechai and Esther? The salvation of Klai Israel is through the one who is least likely to succeed. It's a very powerful lesson for us. Because we never know. I get people call me all the time. People who have songs. People email me. People want to want to hear my advice about music, what to do with their music, how to get their music out. And you never know. You never know which song. Five years ago, I recorded with a young man who goes by the name Nisano Life. He came to me with a song, beautiful song, uh, Hallelujah. And we recorded it just for really for himself. He wasn't planning really to put it out. And then five years later, I said to him, Look, it's a beautiful song. Let's do this song together. 
And indeed, it worked out very well. We have a video coming out soon, Mitzvah Shem, with that song, but it's like, you never know, you never know, you would never expect, you could never expect, you could never know where that inspiration is going to come from, where that success is going to come from, you never know. So, you got to spread it out. That's what Mitzvah is telling us. You got to spread it out. It might be, let's say, in learning, a person, they think that the, the thing that they love the most is, you know, this is what's in, to learn a certain way, this type of learning, to learn Gemara, to learn Adaf, Adaf Yomi. And for me personally, I found great success in learning an Amud every day. And I love the Medrash. It's not the typical thing that in Yeshivas people are learning. But you got to find what's right for you. You never know what it's going to be. Plant your seeds in different places. Plant your seeds in different places. And as you live your life, and this is something that I receive from my Rosh Hashiva, people will ask him questions, Bachman will ask him questions about certain topics and and what's the answer? And he says, you know, I can't answer that question. It's something that you need to figure out on your own. It's something you need to get an intuitive feel for. You plant and you see which things plant well, which things grow well, which times are better, which limud, which learning that I do is more successful for me, which song that I compose, which style, which, which message is the message that people attach themselves to and are inspired by. And so we go on through life, planting our seeds, planting early, planting late, having students when we're young, having students when we're old. And we learn this lesson of Rabbi Akiva and his students. The 12,000 students didn't make it. Those seven students did. I want to bless you. I ask you to bless me back. Hashem should help us. To be able to plant these plantlings, to be able to plant these seeds, to be able to spread ourselves out in a good, healthy way so that we can come close to Him, that we can learn His Torah and we can have success in all that we do. Thank you so much for listening. Have a wonderful Shabbos. This podcast was made possible through the gracious donations of listeners like you. For more podcasts like this, please visit www.arigoldwag.com or search on iTunes, Ari Goldwag.